Maybe at work? In the car? Wherever you are. Geocache Talk podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Hey, everyone. It's time for the Podcast of Hope, hour number one. Whether you're at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Well, this year, Podcast of Hope selected St. Jude's again as its charity, St. Jude's life-saving mission of finding cures for children, battling cancer, and other life-threatening diseases. We need you to help us reach our goal of $2,000 for the end of the the special eight-hour all-star podcast. Let me start start by welcoming my co-host, Sydney. Hey, everybody. And Jesse. Good afternoon, not evening. (laughs) Yeah, really, afternoon. Well... Yeah, it it starts off in the afternoon for for everybody, um, and we're going to introduce uh, uh, get to our um, guest for this uh, this hour here in a moment. But want to introduce Christy, um, Memphis wife. Um, hello, Christy. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, we wanted to have Christy on early, and then Christy's going to be on on the last hour too, uh, but. Uh, we want, I really want to have Christy on early because we want to talk a little bit about St. Jude's because um, she has a um, personal um, interest in this because of her time with St. Jude. So I guess start off, uh, if you would, Christy, and tell us a little bit about how you came to find out about St. Jude's. Um, well, being from Tennessee, everybody knows about St. Jude. It's it's one of the things that um, Tennesseans are incredibly proud of um, as far as, you know, that particular facility being in our state. But while we lived in Memphis, I'm a nurse by trade. So I did work um, in an RN capacity at St. Jude for about four years while we lived in Memphis. The only reason I left was because we ended up moving to Colorado because somebody sitting to my left over here wanted to move to Colorado. <laughs> so um, I ended up having to leave my job, which was very sad. It was actually seven years ago today. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I was looking at just you know crazy stuff on Facebook, how they show your memories. And one of my memories was me leaving the parking lot of St. Jude seven years ago, wow. um, getting ready to come here. So um, it, you know, it's a fabulous place. Um, it's a great charity to donate to. I'm so happy and excited, Gary, that you are have chosen to support St. Jude again this year mm-hmm. with your podcast of hope. Um, you know, I mean, you all, you hear all kinds of crazy things about charities these days and, 
you know, are, are certain organizations good stewards of money? Are they not? And I was fortunate enough to be able to witness, you know, witness the stewardship of St. Jude and see how, um, you know, what they do for their patients, what they do for the families of patients and how well they manage the money that folks are donating to them. Um, it's, it's, you know, a charity that Jesse and I feel very strongly about. We donate to every single year and one that I have no, no hesitation one bit um, at giving time, money, um, and and spreading spreading you know the, uh, the good news about the things that St. Jude is doing as well. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, and Susan, you wanted to mention something too about. I had a friend um, that I knew through homeschooling, and yesterday morning she lost her only child to lymphoma, and we think of childhood illnesses as something that happened to other people but they happen to people just like you and I and um, her son Christopher was a um, a very typical but special young man he liked video games just like other young men but um, he did a uh, his uh, his um, mission with his life was he had a um, book published that's on Amazon called The Giant Who Played uh, Checkers and Make-A-Wish. That was his Make-A-Wish. Oh, cool. And people can go there and get it if they want to, and that will um, help with donations to a different hospital. But um, it was written to give hope to children who had cancer. And... um, but people just don't realize that it does affect people just like you and I. And I hope that um, people will be motivated to give to help. Yeah, you know, um, a lot. Um, there's, you know, Chrissy, like you're saying, there's there's different, a lot of different organizations out there. Um, you know, we um, we were looking last year, even this year, we were talking about. Um, you know, where, where do we want to focus our giving and, um, you know, reading, if people don't know about St. Jude's, you know, take a few minutes and go read and you, of course, we're going to talk about it, uh, at little tidbits during, um, during the, this eight hours, we'll kind of mention a few things. Um, one thing I do want to point out right at the beginning and Christy, if you'd comment on this fact, because until you, until you've heard about what St. Jude's does, and the, I mean, there's so many things we're going to talk about. But one thing I, that struck me when I first heard about it way back when I was first uh, you know, investigating about St. Jude's was the fact that families never receive a bill. What, what is I mean, is that that's still true? And, and I mean, that is. Yeah, that is still true. And, you know, even growing up in Tennessee my entire life, again, St. Jude is just you know, it's, it's again, something we're proud of in that state. Um, and, you know, I'd heard my entire life that, oh, you know, people who go there, patients never receive a bill. And you wonder, is that really true? Um, but it actually honestly is. We had, um, you know, lots of patients, you know, insurance, there is insurance involved. So there is some recourse for St. Jude in that respect, but anything, and we all know how healthcare is these days. Um, insurance is paying little, if any, right. a lot of the time. So, um, but after that, that, you know, after St. Jude um, is able to get reimbursements from insurance companies, the rest of that bill does not go to the family at all. That is covered 100% by St. Jude, which is amazing. Um, 
you know, especially when you look at what these treatments cost, um, yeah. you know, and when it's your child and they have such a catastrophic illness, whether it be cancer or um, any of the other illnesses that St. Jude um, treats currently, it, it is catastrophic, not only from a healthcare perspective, but from a financial perspective. A lot of these families, um, you know, there's one parent who, depending on the age of your child, you may have to be in a hospital with them 24 seven for days at a time, which makes it incredibly difficult for you to hold down a full-time job if, if you need to be with your child. And of course you're gonna wanna be with your child. Right. So, you know, it goes beyond just the healthcare bills. Um, a lot of these families, you know, they're not from the Memphis area, so they're flying in to receive treatment. So the rest of their life, they may have other children, uh, you know, the, and those children may be back wherever they're flying in from. So just being able to go and focus on getting your child well and to not have to worry about the mounds of doctor bills that come in, you know, that that is half the battle right there. Um, you know, trying to, you know, you want to focus on getting your child well and, and giving them the best treatment possible and to know that you can do that without having to worry about where am I going to get the money to pay for this chemo or to pay for this radiation or to pay for this surgery is, is such a burden that's lifted off of these families. And it's wonderful that St. Jude is able to do that. And they're able to do that with donors, um, just like the people who are listening to the show who are hopefully going to log on and give money today. That's how they're able to do that is, um, you know, from the kind generosity of people throughout the world who give to St. Jude's every day. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Events.stjude.org slash podcast of hope uh, is the link. You can go there uh, and give and um, just looking forward to um, the this whole uh, this whole day and evening these whole eight hours but um, and last thing finally um, Christy I, w- I want you to comment on something that it really struck me when I first read it the fact that um, of course they uh, you know they've been around you know m- you know more than fifty years but when they first started um, childhood cancer survival rate was eighty uh, percent not surviving. And we're down, it's down now to where um, we've got it flipped around. So now we're down to just 20% that are, are not, uh, they're not able to, uh, to survive. So, we, you know, if they've really cut, cut that, the survival rate, uh, or they've you know, increased the survival rate quite a bit uh, over those years. Yeah, absolutely. In the late 1950s, um, before there was a St. Jude's, the pediatric cancer survivor rate was only 4%. So basically, if you had a child in the late 50s and they were diagnosed with AML or or lymphoma or something, it was a death sentence, essentially. Now, um, many, you know, as an average, uh, pediatric cancer survivor rates are around 80% now. In some cases, there are some um, pediatric cancers that you know, the survival rates are upwards 95% and more because of research, not that just St. Jude has done. Um, we have to give credit to all of the children's hospitals out there. They're doing fabulous research every day. But, um, you know, St. Jude's is a pioneer um, in a lot of this research. They share any research they, they have, uh, any of the findings they have with other hospitals so that they can treat you know, kids throughout the world, um, you know, in the way that they do at St. Jude. And and that's another thing to bring up as well as St. Jude just isn't a hospital where kids go for chemo or radiation or surgery. There is an entire, it's an entire research facility. Um, when we work there, you know, there, when I work there, there are several, you know, the campus is massive. If you're ever in the Memphis area, it's an amazing place to go visit. They offer tours every day. Um, there's gift shop, there's a museum. So you can really learn more about St. Jude and the, and all of the, um, 
um, great work they've done over the years. But there is an entire um, facility on campus that is just research, where you have researchers with their nose to the grindstone every day um, trying to come up with new ways to treat um, and like I said, it's not just pediatric cancer, but they also treat bleeding disorders, hemophilia, sickle cell disease, HIV, any catastrophic disease that affects children. That's what they're looking at, developing life-saving um, you know, treatments for these diseases so that they can make all of these diseases have or you know, help them all to have these survival rates of 90% or more, which is, again, just fabulous. And again, it's done because of people donating money every day. It, I think I, when I worked there, they used to say, I'm not sure if this figure is still correct, but they used to say that it took about a million dollars a day to run St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Wow. That's huge. I mean, that's mind blowing to think yeah. of that number. Um, I'm sure it's probably more than that right. now, just the way things go. But just to know that, you know, because of, again, the generosity of people in the world who are able to donate uh, money, even if it's, you know, same people are donating millions of dollars. Some people, even if you're donating just a dollar, um, that's huge. And, you know, a million dollars a day is a lot of money. So they need your donations to be able to continue this great work that they're doing. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm so glad for St. Jude's and, um, you know, I, I, I'm so glad that you, you worked there and you were able to come on for a few minutes here at the beginning and talk about that. And we're going to do some updates during the, during each hour, uh, during this, uh, this time, we'll kind of mention a couple of different things and then, um, you know, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about it, Christy, uh, toward at the, uh, on the last hour and get a, get a final update. Hopefully by then we'll be close to our 2000, uh, that we want to raise this time. So again, thank you so much for, for, uh, for being on and, um, for, um, for supporting St. Jude the way you did. No problem. Thank you guys. And thanks to all the Geocache Talk listeners out there who are going to log on and donate money um, today. I'm, I'm really excited to see if we make it to our goal. I think we are. I think we might even surpass it. I have a good feeling about it. So thank you in advance to everyone who logs on and donates today. You're, you are, um, it's a wonderful charity that you're donating to. And, and you can go to sleep at night knowing that your money is used wisely and that you're going to help save a child. So that's, it's a great thing. And we'll get more time to talk about break bacon later. And there's some good stories that yeah. that I love that she has, and, and we'll get to check back in later with some of those. Yeah, it's it's St. Yeah. Jude is more than just a hospital. It's a community, and um, I, I, yeah, I've got some great stuff I can tell you about. Um, uh, again, outside of just, you know, providing treatment to children, doing surgery, chemo, radiation, right. there's a lot of awesome, wonderful things that St. Jude does for children, the patients there, their siblings, the families there. It's it's They really it's just a great place. If you ever, again, if you're ever anywhere in the Memphis area, I would highly suggest you or any of your listeners to go out and visit and take a look at everything that goes on there. Cause it's really, it's mind blowing. It really is. Cool. It Very is. Good. <clears throat> Very good. All right. Well, um, uh, we're going to jump into this first hour. Um, we're going to welcome Susan slinky mama to the show. So, uh, we're going to talk, um, Holiday books, and we're going to do some talk about some movies, which can be very controversial. But we'll start with the non-controversial part, I guess, is the holiday books. So um, uh, I have a small list in the in the show notes, but um, the first one is, um, I guess, uh, maybe surprising. I don't. I never. Th- Little Women. That's a. It has a Christmas element to it. Does it? Okay. So it's a 40 chapter book. So there's going to be a Christmas in there. Okay. All right. That's my favorite book of all time, Susan. 
<laughs> favorite, favorite, like hands down, favorite book. I'm just going to stay out of this one because I'll get in trouble. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, next is, of course, uh, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Then, uh... Which A Christmas Carol, you know, you think Dickens, you think long tome that you would never, ever get through. But A Christmas Carol is very short. short. If you actually read it, right. I mean, a lot of the movies follow it exactly. And uh-huh. it, you could probably read it in a couple of hours, honestly. Wow. And uh, it's just like the movies, and it's a great book. Cool. Uh, a couple other books to mention. Uh, well, this one is its a book, but it's its sort of a children's book that's been used. for. In the, we'll talk about it more in the movies section, but... Uh, by Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yep. And uh, who doesn't like a good story of transformation from bad to good at Christmas right. time? Exactly. Um, Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. I'm, I'm not a fan of this one. but um, Some people are not. It's a short story. And I think it just depends on how you look at it. I guess so. Um, the Magi's gifts to Jesus definitely had something to do with his ministry in life as uh, God and king and sacrifice. So he needed the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. And their gifts, poor Della and Jim, and yeah. by poor, I literally mean poor. They were poor. Um, they loved each other so much that they sacrificed what was most important to them to benefit the one they loved. Right. And it really, to me, it really is a good story of personal sacrifice for the love of another. Yeah, it just has sort of a tragic end, I guess. Well, it's sort of not tragic, but a sad it, ending. You know, they can pawn back his watch, and I she, guess so. she can grow her hair out. <laughs> grow her hair it's, out again. It's, it's a sweet story. That's true. I guess it's not. It wasn't catastrophic in that sense. So. No, no. And um, some things that you didn't mention, this isn't, isn't a book, it's a poem, but it was the night before Christmas. It's in here by Clement Clark Moore is the original. And uh, we have, I've already heard two two versions so far this year at my preschool that I work at, and I'll be reading my version to them this week because it's pop-up and what kid doesn't like a pop-up book, so. Yep. but uh, one of our sons likes to read that every Christmas Eve. So. He does. You might have heard of it uh, in a different form. Uh, originally, it was called A Visit from St. Nicholas. And then I have another book called uh, The Legend of the Candy Cane, which is about an Indiana candy maker who um, formulates candy cane to uh, tell about the life of Christ. And... Um, it's a it's a good story. I really like it, and I would recommend it. And in in the back of it, it gives a history uh, through the various through the years of candy canes. They originally were were white and were made into crooks, so that because of shepherds in the Bible, you know, Jesus is the good shepherd. And uh, Lori Wahlberg, very cool. A um, couple others that. Our, we have in the show notes, we got um, The Little Match Girl by Hans Christian Andersen. And I don't really know much about The Little Match Girl, is that? Well, I actually saw that as a child, and um, I didn't know you were going to bring it up, or I would have read mm-hmm. it before this, because yeah. I haven't probably heard it since I was, I don't know, it's probably been 45 years or so <laughs> since I've heard the story, so... Right. 
Um, I remember it being sad. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the Nutcracker and the Mouse King by E.T.A. Hoffman. Which, of course, everybody's more familiar with the ballet version of it. Yep. But um, it's a wonderful ballet and just a fun story of Christmas. Did you have another book you wanted to mention? or? Um, no, that's all, that's all okay, of Okay, great. We're going to jump into holiday movies. But before we get into the actual movie side of things, um, we um, I don't know, Christy, if you watch any of the Hallmark Christmas movies or no, Jesse well, saying you know, yes. Well, you know what? I used to not because I would get angry because, you know, my show, my favorite show on the planet is the Golden Girls and Hallmark takes off the Golden Girls during the Christmas season oh. to play all these Christmas movies. And I used to be really angry and I would boycott. <laughs> but this year I decided, no, I'm going to embrace it. And oh, there are some great, feel good, awesome Hallmark Christmas movies. I loved it. So yeah, it's like my new favorite thing. Oh, cool. Well, Susan loves Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, well, I started watching them last year as part of my um, attempt to deal with the fact that my son was gone and I missed him. And so it was part of my empty nest therapy, I guess. And He's off of college. So. I, I um, started DVRing them, and I had movies uh, through, like, April or something. It was crazy. Ugh. But... Um, I know she did. She binge. That's called serious binge watching, Jesse. She's how many? How many do you think you watched last year? I I watched every one that they had except for like one or two. Now this year, all I'm taping are the new ones. So there's just a couple of dozen, maybe. But I probably taped <laughs> sixty movies last year, and um, wow. some of them are incredibly yeah, that's lame. Dedicated. But see, the thing about a Hallmark movie, like I would watch them while I was getting ready in the morning or working out or something because you don't have to pay close attention to these things because you can predict what's going to happen and you've pro there is a chance that you've seen this exact movie with different actors and a similar title because they'll recycle the, yes. the kind of theme. So, you know, there's ones that are based on, or you'll see it and you're like, Wait a minute, that is A Christmas Carol, or that is, you know, um, While You Were Sleeping, or something like that. And I think I might have seen, uh, I sent you a note about the formula for a Hallmark Christmas movie, but... Um, <laughs> uh, you could probably tell, uh, tell us what the, what is the, what is, oh, here we go. Here is it, Hallmark movie formula. See, Although I don't agree with this. Doesn't agree completely, ahead. but so <laughs> I bet you, I'm going to agree with it. You, yeah. So anybody who's watched it, you can see. So it starts off. There's nine points. First one is woman does a thing, whatever it is, because they're all the movies are different, but yet. The woman does a thing. Misunderstanding occurs. Well, there always is a thing. And it can be anything from decorates floats for the New Year's parade. It can be ice sculpts. There, it can be baking Christmas cookies. There's always a thing. Always a thing. And then it's um, the, the next part is uh, misunderstanding occurs. And then it says through misunderstanding, woman meets man. Mm-hmm. Woman helps man solve emotional struggle. And then they fall in love. Yeah. Oh, misunderstanding revealed. Man leaves, betrayed. Woman apologizes. Man still loves her. Mistletoe. 
or now, snow. Now, see, I I don't completely agree. Basically, <laughs> I think that the man and the woman meet somehow in the in the beginning, usually around something that has to do with whatever the thing is. Right, right. And then the a lot of times it has something to do with things that would never happen in real life, like. Oh, I am going to give up my lucrative job in the city to make nothing at home in my small town. A lot of times that's the battle or something like that. And then there'll be there will be something that happens, but usually the betrayal and it's <laughs> it's usually a misunderstanding on both of their parts right. happens in the last 15 minutes of the movie. Exactly. And somehow it gets resolved at the end and snow falls and they kiss right. while snow is falling <laughs> on them. But there is always a tree lighting. I don't know if I've ever seen a Hallmark movie that does not have a Christmas tree lighting in it somewhere. That's true. There's a subset of movies too because she watches them a lot, and I picked up on this. Quite often, the woman has to decide whether she chooses to stay with the man or move to Europe. Right. There's always a job <laughs> offer or happen. something going on, whether it's a job or something, and exactly. she doesn't go. Just every single time, doesn't go. She chooses the man over Europe. That's sweet. That's nice. Now I have man. seen I have seen versions of that. Too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes the version of that movie, depending on which one it is, happens because he goes to the airport and sees her right before she gets on the plane. So there's that version of it. Oh, yeah. Or there's he flies the, there after her. Right. So, you know, sometimes. So you can't do that anymore because of security. You can't even right. get back. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. They're completely unrealistic. There's what? like. For, for example, <laughs> I I know a little bit about men because I raised three boys and there's Gary and he He's has raising brothers. a fourth boy. And yeah. um, well, that's a work in progress. But um, <laughs> training is not complete yet. So um, you know, all these men because there's always a friend to the man and they sit mm -hmm. around and they talk about their feelings and stuff this does not, not happen true. it doesn't this, happen no, no. so they're com they're completely unrealistic but, <laughs> but still fun to watch yeah. so all right let me get to my list i pick more realistic movies so. yeah much more realistic <laughs> so um we're going to talk about a list that I found and we're not going to put them in again. We're not putting them in any kind of order because I don't yeah. want people to get hung up on. Is this number 15 or is this number 14 or number three or whatever? So I'm, we're going to talk about a grouping of them. And then Jesse has a grouping he wants to talk about. And then we'll, we'll get I, sitting, I made a list too. Sitting I have the correct too. list. And then there's other lists that we're going to talk about. All right. Well, we're going to talk about a, a, a grouping of Christmas movies in no particular order, but we'll we'll just start talking about some because I think they're interesting. Um, because some of them are Christmas movies, or all of them, we'll find out. So, first one to talk about is the Nightmare Before Christmas. Came out in nineteen ninety three. Nightmare Before Christmas, stunning original and visually delightful work of stop motion animation. So, what do you guys think of the nineteen ninety three Nightmare Before Christmas? I know it has Christmas in the title, and it kind of involves Christmas, but I would definitely float this one more towards Halloween movie. Right. But I guess there's they kind of wanted to go, Burton kind of wanted to try to tie in a Christmas theme. Like to a, it. It's like a mashup, basically. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and in our little grouping, uh, we don't really have in this grouping, I'm just going to mention at the beginning that we don't have a lot of the horror movies. I didn't really list too many of those, but um, there's, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and there's uh, Krampus, and there's a whole the whole grouping of, of people. And fans of them, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm not a, a fan of those. But funny that they have, um, you know, Christmas is, you know, such a big, you know, you know, holiday that, uh, of course we're going to have a lot of movies about uh, in that theme area. But anyway, so speaking of, there's been several, uh, versions of this next one. And it was, it was in the book list, but it's a Christmas Carol. And I listed three. So you guys can comment on any of these three. The first one is the 1938 version of a Christmas Carol, which is still listed. If you go look at Christmas movies, it's still listed like, in the top 12 or top 15 of Christmas movies is the 38 version of this thing. Um, the next version is the 1999 version of it. The reason I mentioned that was because that's Susan's favorites with Patrick Stewart. Um, it's so it's, TBS shows it a lot of time. Um, I, I particularly like that version of it. I think Patrick Stewart does a fabulous job of that. And then the last version of this is the Muppet Christmas Carol, which was came out in 92. So, of the There's three, the best one. You like that one? The Muppets. Come on. The Muppets. Everybody loves the Muppets. Oh, I love the Muppets. But of the three versions, uh, Jesse says it's a Muppet Christmas Carol. What what, what what the rest of you guys think? Didn't Disney do this as well? With uh, like Disney, Disney did characters? one. There's there's actually more than one by Disney, one of which involves like the ducks, you know, like right, Donald that's what Duck I and stuff. And there's another one by Disney, but like Mickey's Christmas Carol. There's yeah, a, Mickey's Christmas Carol. And and um, I, I guess for me, the 1938 version, it's great, I'm sure, cinematically for 1938. Yeah. But later in time, they discovered color. And it <laughs> just is an awesome thing. Yes. And I, I love the Patrick Stewart version. Um, I've heard Patrick Stewart interviewed before, and he's kind of pompous and stuff, but he's an awesome actor, and he does a really, really great job. Yeah. And uh, I just love that version of the movie. So at the end, I'm voting for the Muppets. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> the voting the Muppets. All valid points, but I'm voting for the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's hard to go wrong. When you got Muppets, uh, for sure. Uh, next one of the Santa Claus, 1994, with Tim Allen in this festive comedy about an ordinary man who must step into Santa's shoes after an accident. Um, yes, absolutely. You like it? Love this movie. <laughs> he loves this that. is a good this one. Is good. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Sydney. This is a good one. It it's is so hilarious. It's it a is. very and Tim cute Allen. movie. Tim Allen is great in that. Yeah, it's a very cute movie. I have seen the Hallmark knockoff version, which doesn't hold a candle to the original Santa Claus. Tim Allen is so funny. It, 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 it's well written. It's well acted. I think it's just it's a fun movie. Uh, now, I kind of liked Santa Claus 2, and I don't think I even saw Santa Claus 3. Santa Claus There's 3 is one? like Jack Frost is trying to take over the yeah. whole Christmas yeah, that one. I don't think that one's as good. I like the first two, but I don't really like the third one. Yeah. To me, the makeup is so amazing because it really, really looks like he is 
getting fatter and right. older and has the beard yeah, and everything. Yeah. I think that's my favorite part was like when he wakes up in the morning and he's like steps on the scale and he's like, where Whoa. did this all come right. from? I don't even think that's that special. I do that without special effects. It's easy. Do it all the time. I do it every day though? Yeah, a little bit each day. Maybe not as dramatic. Maybe not that dramatic. That's, that's stop motion. That's what they're doing. Well, another favorite of Sydney's because uh, she made a note in the comments, uh, was mm-hmm. is a movie called Santa Claus is Coming to Town, 1970. A mailman reveals the origin of Santa Claus, and it is a claymation, I think, is what we would refer to that as. Yeah. Um, the kids, the, the kids as they got older, because they watched it, we watched it over and over and over every year. Um, I think they've lost the the joy of Santa Claus is coming to town because they like oh, no they've bought it now yeah they have bought it now that they're older I guess when they were when they were in that teenage years we were still watching it they like to uh, to kind of make fun of that movie because yes of... they definitely make fun of it <laughs> because of the baby bingle and the uh... I'm a man now I, I'm a man now Tonta because Tonta was the woman's name I think was uh-huh. Tonta Tonta Claus is. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, but it's good. Uh, it's, I don't know. It, it, I think it stands the test of time. That's the key with all these is do they stand the test of time? Um, some probably more than others. Well, uh, once again, I think the effects of the claymation are just outstanding and I love it. And I like the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that was made about the same time. Right. Now that one has that, Winter Warlock, It's right? got the snowman that... Yeah. You know, oh, goes, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that has I the I remember watching that when I was a kid. Yeah. That would come on every year. Yeah. yeah is that the one where, where the snowman melts, Frosty melts away? Or is that oh, a different one? No, that's no, Frosty the Snowman. That's Frosty the Snowman. Snowman. Frosty oh, snowman. I just remember being sad as a kid because the oh, snowman yeah. melts. Yeah, like that's the saddest thing ever. Yeah. That's a that's a traumatic one because um, when I was really young, at the end of at the end of Frosty the Snowman, he says, "I'll be back on Christmas Day." So, me, the little little you know five year old kid, thinks, "Oh, well, they're going to show Frosty again on Christmas Day," and oh. of course, it never showed it again. So I'm like. Oh. He said he was going to be back. What's going on? Of course, when I got older, I was okay with it. But, yeah, Frosty is sort of an interesting one. Uh, Well, but you have to keep in mind, Professor Hinkle does have to write a hundred zillion times (laughs) that he's sorry. That's right. You know, so he at least had to pay for his evil deeds. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, So... um, we're going to do one other one here. Um, the Polar Express came out in 2004. A uh, young boy embarks on a magical adventure to the North Pole on the Polar Express. During his adventure, he learns about friendship, uh, bravery, and the spirit of Christmas. So um, I, what do you guys think? I, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of Polar I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of I don't think I've ever seen it. What? No? I've seen bits and pieces. It was huge. I remember it being a big deal. When oh, it yeah. Came out. And it still is. Like here in Colorado, they do the train thing where you take the Polar Express right. up to the North Pole. But I'm with Jesse. It was never, I don't know. I just never liked it that much. <laughs> I yeah. saw it in the Come theater on. with my youngest. And he and I both thought it was weird. 
and yeah. we love Christmas movies, but we just thought it was weird, and there's this bum in there, and I don't know. It's just an I, odd Christmas movie. I was going to say the same thing. I always thought it was a little creepy. It was yeah. just, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was odd. I agree with you, Susan. It's some magic train or something, right? It's just strange. So they're riding, like, the Hogwarts train to the North Pole? Is that <laughs> I don't think I've seen it. Kind of. Oh, yes. cool. I mean, technically, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you can't really take a train to the North Pole in one night. But I guess it's it's a magic train, right? As opposed to the magic sleigh. That goes around the world in one night. And deliver presents. So it's not not true with reality. That's more believable. I agree. It's more believable, the sleigh, for sure. Now, Sydney, though, like you're saying, you're kind of a fan of that movie, right? Or a little bit? I liked it because I think I was like 2004. So I was like... 11 when that came out so right. i was like right at that age that i guess the kids kind of were in that movie um i thought it was cool you know like the parents don't believe in santa claus and the kids at that age where he's like i don't know if i want to believe in santa anymore and and i don't know i just thought it was really cool <laughs> all right we're gonna take a guess, but the one thing i i do have a qualm about is the little sister didn't get to go Oh, that's that's bad. Mm-hmm. You must be this tall to ride the magic train. I know exactly. That must have been what it was. There you go. Height restriction. Height restrictions. I think so. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a, a short time out. We're gonna do a money update. So Jesse, give us a money update on our giving for the podcast of hope. So it looks like the uh, needle is starting to move a little bit. Oh, I like, um, like that. We're now at hundred and thirty dollars, which is good. <laughs> Um, we still got quite a bit more to go, but we're just at the beginning. Yep. So hopefully the word will start spreading. We'll get some people out there to start, you know, mention this to more of their caching friends and we'll get some other people checking in. We know not everybody can jump on for eight hours, but hopefully people will jump in and out and mm-hmm. help us raise money for this great charity. Absolutely. So we're starting yeah. to move a little bit, but we got to get some more, we got to get some more movement if we're going to make our goal. Yeah, we're at 6%. So, um, yeah, uh, everybody uh, definitely take a moment, uh, email, call, uh, do what you have to do, call your friends, tell them. Yeah, there you go. Good. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say call 1 800. Call. Don't, no. Yeah, don't call. Don't do that. But, um, yeah, um, call friends, uh, email, text, um, take the link, send it off to people. And uh, get the word out to everyone. So, and we appreciate everybody in the uh, chat room that uh, is there uh, during this first hour. I know Sodak Zach said he's going to try to stay on as much as he can in that one. He'll be on later tonight. Um, but um, really, um, really glad to um, to have people uh, that are uh, in, in the chat room talking and Udak and. Ed, a uh, little tick magnet, little little Franks out there, little Frank. I said, Franks out there, uh, and it's just good to see everybody. Um, you know, we're out there, Christ Casher, a lot of people out there uh, in our little chat room. So, uh, um, all right, on to the next uh, Gremlins, 1984. A boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolent mischievous monsters on a small town. So that's sort of a horror movie. I mean, it's a, I don't know. It's sort of a mild horror movie, I guess. Gremlins. Is it really a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. He, one of the, one of the gremlins wears a Santa hat. 
Yeah, that because so that it makes ha- it a Christmas movie. It's yeah. during Christmas time. He gets the present for Christmas. I, yeah. I think that's a Christmas movie. I don't know. I've never really seen it. I always felt like it was, yeah, I didn't really consider the it a whole Christmas thing. Movie so, when does he get the little Mogwai? I got that. But that's not the gist of the movie is, oh, it's all about Christmas. It's about his little gremlin and he can't feed him after midnight. So, those Hallmark, in fairness, those Hallmark <laughs> movies are not all about Christmas. They're about love and jobs in Europe. So, they're not all about Christmas. But they, re- but they revolve around a tree lighting, like Susan said. There's a tree lighting in And gremlins. there's usually snow. There's snow and gremlins. There's presents. He's shopping for presents, okay, a special okay. unique gift. Right. He likes his girlfriend. It seems even like love story. Yeah, except there are these tiny little creatures terrorizing town. That's right. Hey, you know what? Let's, hold on. Let's go back to the let's go back to the formula for Hallmark. Okay. Something okay. happens. <laughs> There's a misunderstanding between the boy and girl. This they, is the misunderstanding. They right? end up getting right. back together. If, right. if, if the formula for Hallmark, I'm going to say Christmas movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give All you right. That. Uh, next one is uh, While You Were Sleeping, 1995. A hopeless romantic Chicago Transit Authority token collector is mistaken for the fiance of a coma patient. So, While You Were I've Sleeping, 1995. Never seen it? Never seen it? Oh, oh my Sydney. gosh. Sydney. That's a great movie. Sydney, 95, I was three. Well, but it's still, so good. it stands the test of time. Yes, it does. You need is this to like see one it. of those mushy no. chick flick movies? Oh, no, it's a comedy. It's got Sandra Bullock in it. She's funny. Yeah. And Bill Pullman. It's funny. It's very it's really good. good. It is good. I like it. I, I love and, it. And I liked it well before I ever watched Hallmark. So don't judge it by the fact that she and I both like it and we both like Hallmark. True. So. That's true. Oh, I like it. It's, it's funny. Um, the whole. Him, you know, the, her trying to figure out, uh, you know, the lo- the different love interests are not really. I mean, it's it's more of a comedy. I think it is. A, it is a romantic comedy. Yeah, it's more of a com rom. I think it's more of a rom com. It is a rom com, but I think the com part it's more comedy. I think than anything else. Uh, next one is the Bishop's Wife, nineteen forty seven. An angel in human form enters the life of a bishop in order to help him into, not into him, but into a life, into his life, in order to help him build a new cathedral and repair his fractured marriage. The Bishop's Wife, 1947. Okay. I haven't seen this one either. If you have not seen The Bishop's Wife, you need to see it. It is such a good movie. and. People don't remember it. You don't hear it mentioned all the time. But it has Cary Grant in it, who was an awesome actor. It has Loretta Young in it, who was an awesome actress. And there's comedy because Cary Grant. There's romance because of Cary Grant. And it's a good, good story. Um, It's even, even if you have to see it in black and white, it's still worth seeing. It's such a good movie. Yeah, David Niven plays the bishop. He's funny because he's kind of, there's a lot of interesting parts to it. But Cary Grant as an angel, it's perfect. If you've ever seen Arsenic and Old Lace where he's kind of a, that's a funny comedy with Cary Grant. But Bishop's Wife is is one with Cary Grant that I love. He's he's funny. He's, um, it's just a great story. Now, there was a remake made of it called The Preacher's Wife that had Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington, and it was not great. But not terrible, it, but not great. No, it wasn't like The Bishop's Wife, which was lighthearted and, and awesome and funny and definitely didn't seem as long. Right. But I like The Bishop's Wife much better, the original better than the remake. 
All right, I'm skipping I've seen over that one. the remake. The remake, mm-hmm. heavy. Okay. Uh, skipping over the next one because it's on a list that we're going to talk about here in a moment. So I'm not not skipping on, <laughs> on purpose, Jesse. I just want to leave it for later. Uh, next one then would be Elf, 2003. Only Will, Will Ferrell, the master of man children, could create a character in the post 9-11 world with the earnestness to carry a Christmas movie. As goofy as Elf is, it is a delightful stunt to pull off and deserves the title of modern classic. Elf, 2003. I can't believe that was 2003. I know. It's been a while now. It seems not that long ago. But a classic now, right? Oh, do yeah. We, do we all agree that was a, it's a classic movie? I mean... Well, I am not a huge Will Ferrell fan. Sometimes what? I think that his... his Humor is but, a junior high boy sometimes. It is. I but. love this movie. It is hysterical. It's just cute. It's funny. It's lighthearted. It's it's a fun Christmas movie that people of all ages can enjoy. Zoe does a great job in it. Zoe Dashnell. Uh, there's a lot of supporting supporting characters. Bob supporting, Newhart. He's yeah, funny Bob in Newhart it. is great, especially if you grew up watching Bob Newhart. But just great. Uh, I liked Elf. I think it's hilarious. Funny. Mm-hmm. It is. Will Ferrell is great. Mm-hmm. He's hysterical. Movie. The whole page. And there's the four main food groups. Yes. Candy canes, <laughs> candy corns. Now, was uh, there an Elf 2? Uh, I don't think so. I've never heard so. of one. I do remember him eating the uh, with uh, what, what, he was eating with the maple syrup. Oh, he always put maple syrup on everything. Yeah, even that's spe- one of the four main four right, groups. Is the maple syrup even spaghetti, candy, candy canes, candy corns, and right. syrup? Syrup on spaghetti. Spaghetti, and it's just yeah. hysterical watching him eat that. That's yeah. hysterical. Uh, all right, next one: Frosty the Snowman, which we talked about. 19, oh. si- 1969 was when that came out. Uh, I know. Isn't that credible? It's been that long. Um, all right. So next one would be um, uh, Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Time to stop calling the animated uh, adaptation of Dr. Christmas's, Dr. Seuss's Christmas Story a TV special um, because it's more than that. It's a special film uh, that was done back in the day i don't know we have to find the time on that one but um now at this point it's a good time to mention that there was a uh non-animated version of dr seuss uh how the grinch stole christmas that i like susan's not a big fan of it but the jim carrey uh how the grinch stole christmas i think was was good i like the animated version better but i did i did like it did you guys like the jim carrey version of how the grinch I like that one better. Do you? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, I like the animated the, uh, version the cartoon? better. Yeah, I like the cartoon better. Yeah, I, I like, like the cartoon a lot too, but that one, the the real life one was pretty funny. The the fact that good in that movie. Yeah, well, Jim Carrey is great. He did such a great job with that because that's not that he did he did he really did a Grinch that I think nobody else could do if that's a way to put you know what I mean I mean nobody else is going to be a could I don't think nobody else could pull that off other than than Jim Carrey and the little girl is great in it I forget her name but um, she was she played a perfect character as well and there's there a lot of good supporting cast for that movie so um, but the animated 
you know, it has the it it's has the rhyming of the Dr. Seuss. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is Dr. Seuss. It's and it's the I mean, it's probably like twenty minutes when you take and put all the commercials. Yeah, twenty two so. minutes. Yeah. yeah, so it's a short one. So, yeah. um, next one, uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. <gasps> Yay. It's the first yeah. of the Peanuts cartoons. Charlie Brown Christmas also deserves short film recognition. Uh, you know, Charlie Brown, Linus, Snoopy, rest of the gang, realization of the over-commercialization of the holiday serves as a timeless lesson, melodically enhanced by the Vince Gardaldi. Vince Gardaldi. I messed that up, but that's okay. Vince Gardaldi trio. Um because the yeah the, the the music in it is 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 great, um, it's kids singing Christmas time and different things. So, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. What does everybody think? I like that one. I thought it was sweet. And it's pretty iconic. Everybody knows what a Charlie Brown Christmas tree is. Everybody right. knows that. That's exactly right. Yep. Yep. And such a. Um, you know, it's hard. You forget about the fact that they—that's the first one they did. The first one they start out with, as far as is short movie version. You know, uh, what they call it, short film. Um, they went on later and did, you know, the the Halloween one and the Thanksgiving one. But uh, right out of the gate, Charlie Brown Christmas. So, uh, yeah, that's um, it's it's like you said, Jesse. It's very iconic. All the different parts you got. You know, we kind of know. Really, from that is where you kind of, other than reading it in a comic book or or in the in the comic comic section of the newspaper, you know that's where you really kind of you get the iconic, you know Charlie Brown, you know with in the you know the the whole Snoopy um, doing his thing uh, and <laughs> winning the light contest and and all that. So Dude. I like Pigpen, where yeah. Pigpen always has the dirt around <laughs> right. him wherever he goes. Of ancient civilization. Right. He's like, yeah. he boggles the imagination. <laughs> well, and and it's the only Christmas movie or children's Christmas movie other than maybe the little drummer boy that just comes, you know, to the top of my mind um, mm. that tells the Christmas story that, yep. you know, he explains this is what Christmas is all about and reads Luke chapter two and yep. um, just explains it out there for everybody to know. This is really what we're talking about here. Yep. Uh, next, a Christmas story. Don't hate this movie because TBS insists on playing it for 24 straight hours. <laughs> the, caval- the cavalcade of familiar horrors. That leg lamp, man, are, st- are, st- are still as punchy as ever. Being a kid sucks. A Christmas story makes remembering that fact all okay. And if you're not careful, you shoot your eye out, kid. Sure. That's why I'm wearing the shirt today. The uh, yeah, wearing uh, Ralphie. Oh, fudge. Yeah. Now, is, that, is that the first movie where you know kids actually found out that you your tongue will stick to the flagpole? <laughs> cool I don't know. Maybe. I, I think so. <laughs> Well, this is completely unrelated, but I have a child in my school, and the first day that I saw him, I was like, he looks just like Ralphie from The Christmas Story, (laughs) and every time I see him, he's got glasses and everything. It's just like, he looks just like Ralphie. He's he's much sweeter than Ralphie, though. Oh, that's, well, (laughs) Ralphie tries. Well, he's much sweeter than Ralphie. Yeah, but (laughs) poor Ralphie, he's just... He gets caught up in so many things, the mm-hmm. poor guy, and then uh, 
has to has to put his sort of suck on the bar of soap there for a little while. Yeah. It's it's hysterical, but he gets his he gets it at the end. Well, I shouldn't shouldn't ruin this. To people. Yeah, I guess everybody's spoil the movie, Gary. Yeah, spoil the movie, but uh, and I think yeah. people have seen it by now. It's <laughs> yeah. probably okay. If not. Coming up soon, you get 24 hours, and you get to watch. You can watch it over and over. Yeah, that's a little excessive, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a lot. I don't think that's necessary. But you can catch my it. My favorite part is when the <laughs> kid's got his snow outfit on and his arms yeah. are all soaked <laughs> like this. Yes, he can't put his arms down. Yeah. Did y'all you used can't to put my arms down? <laughs> Did y'all used to have to to dress like that, Sydney, before you go off to school? Uh sometimes yes. <laughs> that's good. Uh, okay, Home Alone. Is it wrong? I still want to live a weekend by myself, Home Alone style. Macaulay Culkin got his Christmas wish, eating ice cream, watching gangster movies while his parents lost their minds trying to get home for the holidays. Uh, it's because uh, it became our fantasy. Through the climax is, is what sells the movie. The epic Rube Goldberg death match between Kevin and the Wet Bandits. But every moment entertains... Kevin's preparation for the showdown set to Carol of the Bells is iconic. And uh, keep keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> but you have to wonder, they have like seven of those movies. They At do, what yeah. point does child services come in and take him away from those parents? Yeah. I, I know, right. That's like my first thought. Like, how, like, first, his parents are real jerks. Like, you can't treat your kid like that, even if you have like 20 of them. Right. And how, how do you... You have this is your child. How do you forget them at your house? Like I know it's crazy, but it just like that just sticks in my mind the whole time. Like how can a parent be this irresponsible? I don't know. It's crazy, but I could see that it could happen. I mean, we we only have two kids. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. we we were coming. Used to have three though. Well, we were coming home from (laughs) dinner. We were coming home from dinner the other day and uh, there there were two cars. Hallie was driving another car and I was like, oh my God, did someone get Miley? Like I had to like think. When was this? You were with me. Yeah, to think. No, she was in the other car. But my point is you have a minute of panic. Like, oh my God, did I forget my child? Like, I get it. Especially that crazy woman. She had all kinds of stuff going on in that movie. That that poor mom. I don't know. But yeah, one one time, okay. But yeah, the seventh like seven, the seventh time, yeah, come on. yeah, that's a little extreme. And you know, maybe call the police department. Maybe hey, a relative sure. or the neighbor or, yeah, we'll just fly back and get him. Maybe I. Right. Yeah, we'll be there in a few days. Bye. You have to yeah. suspend belief when you watch that movie, but it is an awesome comedy, and the slapstick is just. It's so creative. I mean, who doesn't love watching them get burnt and slip on oil? And that's great. It's just awesome. And that kid's uh, like a, a genius with all his little, you know, his crazy little inventions. It's like oh, a big yeah. house of mousetrap. It's awesome. He did. Um, I'll mention one more. And sorry, I, I actually ran into Jesse's list a little bit. Mention one more, and then we're going to get to Jesse's list and Sydney's list. But. Um, the other one I want to mention is White Christmas. Um, uh, 1954, a successful song and dance team become romantically involved with a sister act. Sisters. 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 And team up to to save the the failing Vermont Inn of their former commanding general. So we watched this the other night. Um, 
And I don't think I've ever watched it absolutely all the way through from start to finish. But um, there's a lot of dancing in that movie. But if you watch it all the way through, the movie makes a lot more sense. It does. That's true. But back then, that's what they did. They sang and danced. There was a lot. But it was good. A lot of, I mean, they're great, great dancing. I mean, the the, the one gal that uh, is in it just she's just tremendous. She when she's a she Vera was, Ellen is who Vera Ellen. talking about. She was she was a dancer, you know, you know, where Bing Crosby and uh, Danny Kay were more um, uh, entertainers in many different ways. I mean, they could dance. Danny Kay could really dance well. Um, but um, yeah, she was really great as a dancer. So, all right, let's get to the last of this. Uh, so, Jesse, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I, we kind of ran into some of yours, but go ahead and give your give give your top five uh, and your champion if you want to start any kind of order. I guess start at number five. So it's hard to do just five. There's so many good Christmas movies out there, and I know we were covering a lot of them. So yeah, I, the reigning champion for me is Rocky Four, and I know we can debate whether that's Christmas or not. <laughs> In fact, you guys but, were debating before the show started. Christmas, Christmas tree, Christmas time. The final match lands on Christmas. He wishes when he gets a chance <laughs> to get on the stage, he wishes his kids a you know Merry Christmas because they're home. He has to be separated from them. But the whole stuff they go over Christmas and there's a bunch of family around it. So there's a struggle. He didn't. There's no guy moving to Europe, but they're still. It was more of a Cold War movie than it is a Christmas movie. It's also Christmas themed inside. It's not a whole Christmas movie, but it's Christmas themed. Just because he's training in the Russian snow doesn't make it Christmas themed. It's Christmas time. Mm -hmm. They have to go get a Christmas tree. Great movie. The family gets separated at Christmas, but he still, he takes his one chance on the national international stage to say Merry Christmas to his kids. I gave you Gremlins. Just going to throw that out there. (laughs) All right. Doesn't matter because it's the champion. So, Give us uh, one, and Jesse. one of the best movies ever made. All right, so, uh, so the top contenders then, since we're going with the, the yeah. boxing thing. Yeah. Um, and I know everybody's gonna disagree with some of these, but uh, there's a number one tie, so it's a split on number one. Die Hard. Right. Which, which I, we can I debate left, whether it's Christmas or not. I left you all wrong. I'm right. Um, tied with Lethal Weapon. Not as much of a Christmas movie, but it happens during Christmas. The family gets together for Christmas dinner. That's right. A lot of it's Christmas themed. Um, so those are the number ones. And then after that, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Absolutely a Christmas movie. Oh, look. Susan's giving Great thumbs up on And that hilarious. Best it, is, movie. Um, it is hilarious. And then I had to put a Christmas story after that because I love that movie. Right. And I've seen it like eight million times. I never was brave enough to like lick the telephone pole, but. Right. It's a flagpole. Flagpole. But we've all probably been triple dog dared, and that's when you know yes. it's it. When you've been triple dog dared, that's it. It's on. Uh, um, it's but, a Wonderful Life, and then yes, it's one. How do you put Rocky Four over? It's a Wonderful Life. Did you watch Rocky Four? <laughs> Did you watch It's a Wonderful Life? Was Ivan Drago in It's a Wonderful Life? It's no, Jimmy Stewart. We beat the Russians. No, it's wonderful. Do you life. remember when it came out? Everybody was happy about. But it. But that's how an angel gets its wings when a bell rings. Uh, there was a bell ringing. It's called Winner, Winner. Winner. <laughs> <laughs> Knockout, Winner, Winner. Um, the Russian. Yeah, so, and then I, I included Gremlins, and I know those sure. were on earlier, but, you know, it came out during that time. It was, when I was a kid, it was a good one. And it's different. It's not the, the typical movie, but it's still yeah. a good one. Yeah. Not the, not the sequels, but the original. Right. Uh, Sydney, um, help us out here. 
So my list contains all actual Christmas movies. Okay. Uh, unlike Jesse's. <laughs> they must not be very good because mine's oh, perfect. If you're not including mine, come on. Y'all have, have some crossovers. Go ahead, Sydney. Uh, so we've already talked about my favorite is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Nice. Um, number two, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because I love the elf that wants to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. And and the Abominable Snowman and the, the guy that's looking for gold. I forget his name. Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. That's it. Uh, he, he cracks me up. Uh, number three is The Year Without a Santa Claus. I don't think we talked about that one yet. We haven't mentioned yet. that one yet. That's, when yeah. Santa Claus gets sick and can't get to Christmas and you have... The heat miser and the snow miser. Oh yeah, right. I remember that. Yeah, that's a good. That's one. one of my favorites. Excellent. Um, number four, the Santa Claus. We already talked about that with Tim Allen. And number five, it's a Wonderful Life that we just talked about. And actually, fun fact: it's a Wonderful Life is said to be based on my hometown of Seneca Falls. And nice. every year, there's a whole slew of activities. Actually, just this weekend, they have a 5K. They have <laughs> autograph signings from the cast and. The whole town looks like the one in the movie. Christy, you look I amazed. need to go there. Yeah. yeah. You do oh my too. gosh. I uh, love that movie. Next summer, we'll just swing by there. It, it is doesn't great. work in the summer. You, have you to can go still go by the town. Oh, that's true. Go by Seneca Falls. And Seneca Falls, that's a big deal for the women's suffrage movement as yep. well. So you're like, like a rock star, your hometown. Yeah. Holy cow. Yes. Um, we'll have the uh, we'll have the link uh, in the show notes that uh, Sydney uh, added, which was I think really cool to, to read about. But yeah, the horse and carriage rides, the movie screenings, the five K, yeah, this is really cool. Well, guys, um, thanks for this first hour. Thanks, Su- Susan, for being on the show You're and welcome. helping out with the uh, the review here. But uh, um, so um, um, you know. Um, Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be back in five minutes. We're going to start the next the next hour, and um, we'll just uh, we're just going to keep going the the show that uh, the never ends. It's the the never, the never ending show. Well, it ends what? at mid. You didn't say that, Gary. It'll end at midnight, so it, it it does have an ending, but it doesn't have an ending for a while. But uh, uh, we'll give a uh, another update in uh, a few minutes on how we're doing on our. Um, uh, raising money for St. Jude's and, you know, Christy, thanks for being on and, um, you know, being part of the, uh, uh, the first hour. Thank you for, thanks for having me. Thanks so much. And, uh, again, we'll start in a few minutes. We've got podcaster coming up in the next hour. (laughs) We see them joining. Hey guys. And, um, we will uh, be back in a couple minutes. So, uh, again, thank you so much.